This is Too Busy to Podcast, a show for busy, multi-passionate female entrepreneurs at different stages of their podcasting journey who may be feeling frustrated or overwhelmed doing all the things. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast editor and podcast manager. I'll be coming to you every week, solo or with a guest, to share actionable tips, simple strategies and useful resources to help you manage and grow your podcast the simple way. We'll be covering the practical stuff like how to start a podcast, what equipment you should use, and how to create a podcast workflow that helps you to stay organized. But also there's the other important stuff like mindset, email marketing, productivity, and storytelling. So open up the notes app on your phone and let's get started. Hey there and welcome to this special series of the podcast where I'll be speaking to female podcasters about their podcasting journey so far, the lessons they've learned, any challenges they've overcome or faced and what advice they would give you, someone starting out in the podcasting space. So let's go meet today's guest. I am super duper duper excited to welcome today's guest, Tara Reid. Tara has been a multi-passionate entrepreneur for over 14 years. She's built multiple six-figure businesses over the years and currently runs three. As a business and marketing coach, she helps service providers build a more sustainable business. Introvertpreneur is a podcast and monthly membership for introverted entrepreneurs who struggle with stressful marketing methods and want to grow their business in more authentic ways. Tara, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you know, I'm excited that you're here as well. So I would love to kick off if you could let us know a little bit more about you, about your business or businesses, and of course your podcast. Yeah, so it's um, kind of a long, long journey. Like I've been an entrepreneur since 2007. Um, so I've had multiple businesses over the years. I'm definitely somebody who's multi-passionate. I really love putting my hand in a lot of different things. I love learning different skills. So I've always had trouble kind of niching down to one thing. And now I'm just embracing my multi-passionate nature um, with three businesses. So I have my main marketing and business coaching where I help service providers. Then I also have a Canva templates membership for entrepreneurs to help them with um, their social media graphics and creating lead magnets and all of the marketing assets and collateral that you might need if you're not totally into graphic design makes it a lot easier. And then I also have Introvertpreneur, which I feel is really my main passion project because I am such an introvert and being an entrepreneur in the online space, it was really terrifying to me. Um, Even though I love marketing, it's still like there's some things that really push me outside my comfort zone and are are just things that I don't want to do. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure on entrepreneurs, especially newer ones that they'll see about having to force yourself to be on video and put yourself out there like and show up daily on video or do lives. And there are other marketing methods. So that's where introvertpreneur came into play. And I wanted to really help people like me who either hate marketing as they're doing it right now, or they just want to find other ways to grow their business that aren't as stressful as certain other very popular methods. And so I started the Introvertpreneur podcast in February of 2021 after 
I've had a podcast idea in my head for several years, <laughs> but it was, I kind of held back because first I was in my head as an introvert. I was thinking that, you know, people aren't going to listen to it. They're going to find my voice annoying. That was a big one that <laughs> mindset issue that held me back from launching it. And then really it was just, I didn't know what to do to launch it. I didn't know what programs to do. Like I knew how to record. I knew recording equipment, um, but it was all of the like technical launch aspects of it that was holding me back. Um, so I finally just decided to go ahead and do it because I really wanted another way to connect with uh, my introverts who I feel like forcing myself to go on video isn't going to help me connect with them and it's going to stress me out and be totally against what I'm teaching. So that's where the podcast idea came about. Yeah, that's amazing. And I don't think I'm alone in terms of what is an introvert and what I learned from listening to your podcast myself in a recent, I think it might have been maybe 10 episodes ago, but you had a guest on who's also an introvert coach and you guys were talking about the different types of inversion. And I was genuinely surprised because I think it might just be from reading or, you know, hearing in Facebook groups, but I just thought that all introverts were, I know you guys can lose energy if you do too, too much, you not necessarily like to show up on video, but apparently there's lots of different types of inversions on the same scale. Are you able to go into that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's something that I've even had my eyes open to a little bit because for me, I'm, I feel like I'm really high on the introvert scale because I'm not just an introvert. I also have social anxiety. Um, I'm also an empath, which adds additional layers to how I take in energy. Um, and I use my energy, but one in three people in the world are introverts, oh, wow. which is a incredible thing to think yeah. about. Um, how many of us are actually out there? And like some introverts I've spoken to have. Like these people, they don't mind showing up on video. They actually thrive with showing up on video. It's just that afterwards, like they need to recharge mm -hmm. and go be alone and like basically recharge their batteries afterwards, but they do actually enjoy it. Whereas there's other introverts who really video either terrifies them, yeah. <laughs> which I think if it's something that terrifies you, it's good to push through it if it's fear that's holding you back. But if you do push through it and like you try it and you see that like this isn't something I can do sustainably long term and I don't enjoy it, then it's absolutely fine not to do it. But if it is fear based holding you back from doing it, then I think it's it is a good idea to push through it. But it depends because there's a wide range of introverts. I think the most general thing is that we always need time to recharge. Yeah. We like our alone time. We need our alone time. And we really need to be mindful about our boundaries. Um, like even introverts who really love showing up on video, there may be a limit to that. Like you, you may not want to do like two hour long lives in a day because that would just drain you completely. So I think there is a wide scale of introverts. That's really, really interesting because until I listened to your episode, I didn't actually know that. And you've even blown me away even more now. One in three. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that statistic. So that's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for explaining and, and providing that definition. So you mentioned that you launched your podcast in February 2021 and you currently stand at 
27 episodes as we record now. What has your journey been like so far? Um, It's been pretty amazing so far. So I I initially started it um, with my own boundaries in mind, like thinking, how much can I actually record and output um, without draining my energy? So we actually started just doing biweekly episodes. And then the response from that was so huge. Like we were getting so many incredible comments from our audience that um, we very quickly switched to weekly episodes because people were just, they wanted more and we were getting a lot of guest requests and really awesome people that I wanted to chat with and have on the podcast. So I was like, yes, we need, we need to go weekly and mm-hmm. um, do this, but it, it's absolutely been such an incredible thing. And anyone who knows me from high school or childhood, like telling them that I have a podcast they're totally blown away because I was such a shy person. I also think that's a difference too with introverts. Some introverts are also shy, some aren't, and I'm both. So it's a lot of people were like, what, you have a podcast where you talk to people? You're a coach where you talk to people? It's, um, But it's really been incredible. But it, it was, for me personally, I did have to push myself to actually launch it and put it out there in the world yeah. because that was pretty terrifying to me. (laughs) Yes, I can understand that. Thinking about what you were talking about earlier in terms of certain things you can find quite draining. So in terms of your podcast, how do you manage it? How do you manage your time to ensure that you maintain consistent and it doesn't drain your energy? How do you manage that all? Uh, So for me, the biggest thing has been batching. I love to, Mm. I'm not very good with pressure. So I like to have things ahead of time. So like right now, September, we have, we're like a month and a half ahead of time. And we've always been a month and a half ahead of time with episodes that are recorded and ready to go. So I really love doing like one week where I have like four or five episodes being recorded or interviews being done. Um, that way I don't have to think about it more granularly, like week to week. It's more about the promotion mm-hmm. side, which I actually really love. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of batching. And exactly what you said there is exactly what I encourage. So batch as much as you can over a weekend or over a week. And then you can just, you know, have them in your vault. I like to call it your podcast vault, and then you can just focus on promotion. So that's really, really helpful. You mentioned before about, I think it's great that you pushed yourself through, but you also mentioned you didn't really know where to start with the tech. So would you describe that as a challenge? And then if you do, how would you say you overcame it? Um, I feel like it was definitely a challenge and it definitely held me back from launching it for at least, I'd say two years. I had this idea to launch a podcast. My main advice and what I did was actually hired a launch manager. (laughs) So I knew that like this is going to continuously hold me back and it's never going to get launched unless I outsource it because I love tech, but I just didn't have the time and the bandwidth to add more um, learning on my plate at that time. And I quickly realized from editing videos, like editing is not something that I enjoy doing. And that's um, a big part of like, I'm going to need help with this. I'm going to need somebody who does this (laughs) um, as their main like passion and love because it's definitely not mine. So do you mean like a podcast manager or someone that specializes in launches? I hired somebody that specialized in launches. And then um, I had a VA that 
had expressed interest in podcast management prior. So I actually, as we were doing the launch, um, enrolled her in a podcast management course so she could get those skills. And oh, then cool. she took over the the management after the launch. Oh, that's so, that's amazing. That's really good of you. And she's continued to support you now, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She transitioned just to podcast management. So I do miss her ah, on other pieces of the business, yes. but I totally, I'm glad she found her, her zone of genius and she really loved it. So. Yeah, no, I started as a VA and then within three, four months, I fell into the podcasting world. And yeah, I think once you dip your toe in, it's hard to kind of <laughs> not throw yourself in full fledged. So I don't blame her at all. And any lessons? Are there any lessons that you've learned in this time? Um, I think the biggest thing is really to think about why you want to launch a podcast. I think mm -hmm. that's um, I know there's a lot of like monetizing your podcast and that was really never a thought of mine. I always just wanted to use it as a tool to build a community and help people who were where I was at a few years ago. That's really been my main focus and my only goal. So anytime I get um, a message from somebody who's listened to an episode and it really connected and helped them and resonated, like that is worth more than somebody enrolling in my highest level program. <laughs> yeah. I think most people do think it through. Like, I, I think most people don't just start a podcast on a whim, but I don't think they realize quite how much strategy and planning is involved, especially in those early stages. So I like to talk about, you know, your why is the same as, you know, when you're starting a business, what's your why then? And everyone has a different why, like you mentioned, you're all about community um, and being able to resonate or people resonating with you and other people, it could be increasing revenue. I mean, we've all got businesses, so, you know, a bit of increasing revenue is okay. Others are around, you know, expanding their network. There's lots of different reasons and you could have multiple reasons, but yes, to kind of go into it with those expectations of I'm going to make money from this in like two weeks. It's mm. just not <laughs> very um, reasonable. Um, it's just not going to happen. I think you would agree that podcasting is very much a long game. And everyone's journey is different, which is why I've, I'm running this series at the moment. But you still have to put in the time. Mm -hmm. Definitely have to put in the time and, and show commitment. I love how you said that. So I know we've talked about introverts. It's not easy for them to put themselves out there. For some, not for all. Everyone's different. But what would you say to listeners who do find it difficult? What marketing tools or methods would you recommend for them? So I usually recommend um, what I call the big four. So it's email marketing, Pinterest marketing, blogging and content creation, and also social media, but social media with less of a focus on engagement and more of a focus on creating excellent content and kind of letting your content speak for you. I also really push optimizing your website because I feel like that's Best case scenario for an introvert is having people who are actively searching for what you do on Google, getting to your website and booking a call or reaching out to you or purchasing something because these are the people that are actively searching for exactly what you do. So making sure that you're optimizing your website for the right keywords and getting found in Google search, I think is essential too. I'm hearing about Pinterest quite a lot at the moment. So how 
Do you use Pinterest yourself, I would imagine? Yes, I was actually a former Pinterest manager. So (laughs) I really fell in love with Pinterest because it kind of ties in the design, graphic design, um, which I have a background in, and also the SEO, search engine optimization, which I also have a background in. So it kind of combines those two, which I loved instead of just focusing on design or just SEO, which is very technical, you can combine them with Pinterest, which I really love. And my actually top two traffic drivers um, is always number one is Google and number two is Pinterest. Oh, wow. It's really an incredible platform for driving traffic and you can use it for, I usually say like out of those four marketing methods to choose two. Don't try to like dip your toes into everything at once or it's you're going to be spread too thin. Yeah. And Pinterest really works with all of them. It can really work with email marketing if you're driving Pinterest traffic to your opt-in landing pages oh. or with blogging where you can also use it to grow your email list if you have opt-ins right within the blog posts themselves. Oh, wow. That is amazing. So for Pinterest, I imagine you do you pin your podcast episodes in there as well? Yes. Yeah. For each podcast episode, I actually do. I think I have pin templates that I use to make it easier. Um, So I just have to change the photo and the text. And that's considered a fresh pin because it's different. Pinterest loves fresh content. So anything that is a new image is great for them. But I do use templates to make it easier. And I usually do about five per podcast episode. Oh, wow. How long does that take? I've known nothing about Pinterest, (laughs) but five sounds like a lot. Am I just, you know, elaborating that? Um, yeah, it's it's not as much as it seems. So I usually, okay. I use the templates and I do these in batches too, because I'm recording ahead of time. I can do these in batches too. <laughs> um, and then as the episode goes live, I will go in um, and write the description for the pin and then publish them out staggered throughout the month onto Pinterest. That's amazing. I just assumed that you had to create something new each no, time. definitely. <laughs> So I'm learning lots with you today. (laughs) It is on my list. Pinterest is on my list. But a bit like what you said, you have to kind of not spread Mm -hmm. yourself too thin. And I think there's lots of things on my list, like in terms of learning and training. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally get that. (laughs) So I will get there. But no, that's very, very interesting. Thank you. And then in terms of websites, do you, so you talked about optimization. So for people to optimize their website would you recommend I know it's something you do but what are your thoughts around if you do start a podcast making sure that it is part of your website or separate what are your thoughts around that yeah I feel like if it's relevant to your business audience I think keeping it on your website is going to be a good idea and creating like a new landing page for each show notes and writing out um, show notes is great for optimization too, like having keywords in there, having great content um, and getting those individual episode pages ranked in Google is going to give you great results too. But then also with Pinterest, if you, um, you have a new URL for each episode, Um, You have show notes that people can read if they click through, if they want to, or they can listen to the Mm -hmm. episode. And I think like coming back to Pinterest, on Pinterest, and especially with podcasters, if it's on your website, you on Pinterest, you claim your website, your domain. So if it's on your website, any pin that you pin to your episodes will be linked to your Pinterest account. 
Um, if it's on a separate website oh. or you're linking directly to like the Apple um, link, it's not going to be connected. So that's another reason why I recommend like doing it directly on your website. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's really, I need to, right. I need to make it a priority <laughs> to learn about Pinterest because I actually didn't, I know it's a search engine, so it's not quite like social media, but there's lots of advantages that I wasn't quite aware of before today. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I remember hearing in one of your episodes that you quite enjoy email marketing. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. What aspects of email marketing do you enjoy? I assume that you do email out when your podcast is released, you will let your subscribers know about that. But what part of it do you enjoy most? Um, I really love all of it. I kind of have a um, a passion for like sales funnel strategy. So I love really diving into my email list and, and I have a lot of freebies. So I like to like segment people based on what they've opted in for or what they've purchased. Um, and I like to have different sequences that go out to different people based on their previous actions. And I feel like that makes email marketing a little bit more personalized is when you're able to like segment people down. So you pretty much know exactly who they are and what they would be interested in. For the longest time, I didn't do that. And because I was multi-passionate, like as a Pinterest manager, I had people on my list that I was trying to target for Pinterest management who were wedding photographers. And now I'm sending content about being an introvert and yeah. running a virtual assistant business. And they're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so segmenting is really essential, but especially if you're multi-passionate and you have like different kind of people that you're going to be speaking to, it's, it's really great to tailor it more to who is getting each email and really break it down. Especially when it comes to introverts and email marketing, I've definitely gotten my head about it at first. I was very, like, I wouldn't send an email for the longest time. But when you think about email marketing, like, these people have given you their email address, which a lot of people, it's very valuable to them. They don't give their email address out just for anything. So, they are wanting to hear from you. They want what you have to offer. So these are warm leads. Don't just leave them hanging. And and I think also if you have multiple audiences, one thing I started implementing is with the podcast episodes, um, every Thursday we send out the email, but we've now added at the bottom, if you don't want to get weekly podcast updates, but you want to stay on our list, just click here. Um, because we were sending it out to everyone and not just people who had like opted into my introvert webinar or my introvert guide. So this way people can make their own decision if they want to stay on the list for other things or also for the podcast. I think that's really good because most people would just let it go out to any and everyone and not consider kind of what that person's interested in. So I think that's really, really good. Thank you for sharing that. Are there any additional visibility methods that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think in terms of visibility, a couple of the other things I really love is, first of all, guesting on podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. If you're an introvert, it might be a little bit outside your comfort zone at first, but it will get easier. And ideally, there's not going to be video. It's not live, so it can be edited, which means there's a lot less pressure on you to like get it perfect or feel like you have to say things perfectly. Like even now for my podcast episodes, I don't really edit a lot. 
if I mess up, I'm just, I feel like it's more genuine and, and relatable to my audience because they're introverts too. They get it if I mess up. So I actually don't edit out a lot of that stuff. And I think it's made me a little bit more comfortable with doing the episodes and putting myself out there. But also similar to that is also speaking at virtual summits. That has been huge for me in growing my audience. It really allows you to put yourself out there as an expert in your field without the live aspect. Like you can record your presentation, you can edit it, you can re-record it if you're not happy with how it turned out. And it's really a great tool to get yourself out there in a little bit more comfortable way. And then also Clubhouse is, I think, a really powerful tool for introverts especially because there's no video, but there is voice. So you're able to build those authentic connections and it's going to be stressful. Like I still, if I go on Clubhouse and speak, sometimes I do get a little stressed out about it. Um, But the more you do it, the easier it's going to be. And it can be so rewarding. For me as an introvert, I will not go into a Clubhouse room where there's like hundreds and hundreds of people. That's just too much and too overwhelming for me. So But you can find small rooms that allow you to really connect with people because I think a lot of introverts too, we thrive on one-to-one connection. Um, We like deeper connections. Most of us are not a fan of small talk. So I feel like finding those small rooms with people that you can really connect with is going to be great too. And it's going to help you get more comfortable with speaking so that you, if you want to do guest podcast interviews or present at summits, like that's going to give you even more experience and confidence to do those things too. As you said that, I was thinking, what? So thinking back to your first public speaking, whether it's being a guest on a podcast or your first summit, what kind of pushed you to just do it? I know before you were talking about just pushing yourself through that fear to just do something once. And if it's not for you, then at least, you know, you've tried it. But from your personal experience, what was it that was it you kind of just talking yourself and encouraging yourself? Was it a coach? What was it that, you know, got you to do it that first time? Um, Usually it was just talking myself up to do it, just pushing myself to do it. Actually, the first time I did anything, um, any type of public speaking was in person. (laughs) And that was absolutely terrifying. And I'm glad I did it. I would never do it again. (laughs) Just not for me. I was actually um, sick for about a month and a half afterwards because I had clenched my jaw so hard and I had a sore face for, it was a month. I was actually getting worried about it. So I realized that that's not for me, but I'm still glad that I did it because I have that experience. And now I think the more things that you push yourself to do, the more you're going to figure out like what is a hard no for you and what is something that is like, yeah, it went okay. I'm excited about it and maybe I'll do it again and continue to do that. But I think like focusing on your strengths and really pushing yourself into those things is going to be so incredible as you push yourself into doing things. But again, you don't have to push yourself too far. I'm not a fan of that. (laughs) Yeah. If you think it's something that you can manage, it's manageable then just kind of help get yourself over that threshold and see how it goes. And if it's not for you, then, you know, just pack it in. You don't mm-hmm. have to do anything you don't yes. want to do. I love that. Thank you. And is there anything that you wish you'd known before? So I know this was an idea for a couple of years and then you finally took the leap and, you know, you got people to support you. 
But is there anything that you wish you'd known before starting out on your podcasting journey? I think I don't believe that I went into it knowing exactly what it all entailed, like the weekly episodes, like it is a lot of work with a podcast. I have so much more newfound respect for podcasters after doing it myself because I mean, as a listener, if you're not in that world, you're kind of like, yeah, they just hit record and publish and that's it. <laughs> like but now seeing it from the other side, it's it is a ton of work and I don't think I went into it with my eyes opened <laughs> to that side of it as much as I probably could have been, but it's been so rewarding. And even though it is a lot of work, it's so beneficial and I just love it. I can't see me ever not having a podcast at this point. <laughs> oh, wow. You've got the podcast bug. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you start another one? Um, Potentially, yeah. Mm. So watch the space, guys. <laughs> you never know. That's interesting. And... So you've spoken a bit about batching. Is there anything else that you, whether it's batching your recording or batching creation of pins or graphics, is there anything else that you do or maybe pass on to a team member to just help you stay that month and a half ahead? Um, Really, one thing that's made all the difference is using ClickUp. Um, we have the workflow template. So anytime I have a new episode idea or I drop it in there or we have a new guest um, that's can book their spot, I just drop the task in there and it automatically adds all of the steps in, in our workflow and assigns it to who it's assigned to. That's really been really helpful with keeping us on track as a as a team or even just me on track, like knowing that, okay, I have five episodes that I need to do graphics for. So maybe I'll go in and see, okay, I have five now, so I can batch these out right now. And I think that's been really huge. Just working ahead of time is something that I really love to do because like, I'm not into like, oh, the episode goes live next week. We got to do this and this and this. (laughs) Like um, That would just be way too stressful for me. So definitely working ahead, having a really solid workflow um, that you finessed over time. Like our workflow has changed since we initially launched as we've tweaked things and discovered new things about promoting and marketing it and guest management, like making sure that they get the email two weeks before with graphics. So we need to have all the graphics done two weeks before. Like I think mapping out those dates and creating a workflow is really essential to staying on track. Okay. And this is something that I see quite a lot in Facebook groups in terms of how do you get the guests to share? Have you, how have you kind of managed that? Have you had more people sharing or is it kind of 50-50? What's been your experience? Um, It's kind of been 50-50, I think. Um, I don't really like pressure them to share because I I feel like like them giving me their time is really all I need. So if they do share, it's just like a bonus. Um, but I do send them that email two weeks before with the graphics. Um, and then if they also want Canva templates for the graphics, we're open to sending that too. So they can change it to their branding and colors to make it easier. Because some people are very particular about their Instagram aesthetic, which (laughs) I'm not as particular about mine, but I get that some people are, especially if they're like, Instagram is their thing. They don't want to have something that's like totally out of the normal of their branding. 
So I think that that makes it easier for some people to like to have that option where they can customize the graphics. And I'm not sure if how many actually share via their email list, but I know on social, it's usually about 50-50, but usually anytime I tag somebody to share the new episode, if I tag a guest in my story, usually they'll reshare it for sure. Yes, because that's easier, isn't yeah. it? You just have to probably two clicks rather than faff around with Canva and mm-hmm. upload. Save the image, upload it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff. And that's amazing. It's just that I've seen, that's such a recurring question that I see. And like you said, you can't force them. The fact that they've given you 30, 40, 60 minutes of their time, that's all you can kind of ask for. But it's quite a bug bear for some people. Like, how do I get my guests to share? But yes, maybe they need to go back to their why <laughs> to kind of work mm-hmm. to work through that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tara, for joining me today. I know you have an offer that you would like to share with our listeners. Could you let us know a little bit more about it? Yes. So I have a marketing as an introvert free webinar um, that kind of goes through those four main introverts friendly marketing methods a little bit more in depth, kind of goes through how to get started with blogging, email marketing, Pinterest, and then how to do social media in a little bit less stressful way. Um, Because I know like social media is, is big one which a lot of people feel like they have to be on. So if, and I'm not opposed to that. Like if your audience is on Instagram, you can do Instagram, but you don't have to do it and try to be an extrovert or <laughs> have to show up daily. Like there are ways to make Instagram work for you that are going to be a lot less stressful. And we go through all, all four of those methods on the free webinar. Ah, oh, amazing. Well, I'll make sure to link that into the show notes and where can our listeners find you stalk you hang out with you online yeah so you can uh, listen to the podcast at introvertpreneur.com and you can find me most of the time I'm on Instagram at introvert coach fantastic well thank you so much again for sharing your insights and your journey with us I will see you around Instagram awesome thank you so much I'll speak to you soon Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.